Hello, and welcome to episode 62 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And thank you so much for joining us again. I love catching up with you each week on the podcast. And I also love all the messages that we get sent in from the people who listen. And what I'd like to add to that is if you're a listener to the podcast, but you've not engaged with us in any other way. So if you're a lurker, as one of the other's listeners recently described themselves, then do reach out to us and let me know that you're a listener. So send me an email on hello at veganbusinesstribe.com and just tell me a little bit about your vegan business or even just your idea for a vegan business because there is a good chance that we might be able to help you or just point you in the right direction of other people that you might want to link up with. And that's because a big part of what we do at Vegan Business Tribe is connecting people. We know how isolating it can be running a business sometimes, and especially a vegan one. And our community hub, it is just full of our members collaborating on projects and giving advice and support to each other at the moment. But Another reason to surround yourself with other people who are on the same journey as you are and people who are maybe a few steps ahead of you on that journey is so that you don't have to try and reinvent the wheel whenever you hit an obstacle in your business. And this is a phrase that you might have heard me say a number of times if you're a regular listener. But if you hit a problem in your business, then that problem It's only new to you. It's likely that many other people have had to overcome the same problem and they've got plenty of advice on how they solved it. And that might be how to hire new staff. It might be how to find more customers. Or it might be simply how to ship your product when it needs to be kept frozen. There are likely thousands, if not tens of thousands of other companies out there that have had the exact same problem that you've just hit. And there are tried and tested solutions to it. And part of your job as a business owner is to get out there and find them. And the reason I'm talking about this today is because we always get members asking for help at Vegan Business Tribe. And whenever we can, we will do what we can to offer our advice and experience. And one recent call for help, it came from a member who found that a new competitor had just come into their marketplace and was undercutting them on price. So what do you do? In that situation, should you just drop your prices to match? You know, can you even afford to do that? Or is it time just to sell up and get out of the market because you don't think that you can compete at that price? Now, if you've been in the vegan market for a long time, then you've possibly had it quite good up until recently. Veganism, it was a real niche Few companies bothered with the sector because the mass market, it just wasn't there. 
So we saw companies that were able to carve out quite a good business simply because they were the only people doing what they did. They were the only people selling what they sold. And you only have to go back a few years to hear the stories from vegans about how they had to drive 10 miles to get to a certain health shop that sold oat milk, or they used the Vegan Society's Vegan Shopper, or the Animal Free Shopper, as it was known, as their Bible to find out where they could actually buy vegan products in the UK. So if you were the first to service that market or you had what we call a first mover advantage, then you might have only found a small customer base, but it was a fiercely loyal customer base where the price of your product wasn't always the main consideration. But over the last couple of years, so many companies have launched vegan products. In fact, you only have to go look at the plant milk aisle in your supermarket to see huge dairy companies competing with vegan-owned startups, all selling their own plant milk and all fighting for the same shelf space. Just to get an idea of how competitive that plant-based marketplace is becoming. So this means that at some point, another company is likely to take a look at the niche that you've built up for yourself and think, I'm going to have some of that. They've seen the astronomical valuations that companies like Beyond Meat have reached, the number of units that Oatly are shifting at the moment, and they think that they want to get into the vegan market too. And if you have been enjoying a certain market all to yourself, then having another company aggressively enter it, it can cause panic. And it might be that although you've created a business that is financially viable, it's only just so. And a competitor coming in and undercutting you, that means that you're scared that you might see your profits just wiped out completely. You might even think that it's the end of your business because you just can't drop your prices too much. And if you find yourself in this situation, and that is your first line of thought, then first of all, well, don't worry because that line of thought is natural. But second, if you think that your customers are only buying from you because of your price, then you just need to have more confidence in what you have built. Now, I always say that competition doesn't really exist between vegan businesses. Even if you and I sell the exact same thing, then we're happy to coexist because we're all on the same mission. We're all trying to bring about a vegan world. But sometimes competition is more direct than that. It's not about coexisting. It's about another business actively competing to take away your customers and their spend. And one of the most common ways of doing this is to simply sell the same thing, but at a cheaper price to try and entice companies away to buy your product instead of someone else's. So what do you do if somebody does this to you? What do you do if you see a promotion for a new company selling what you sell, but doing so at just a fraction of the price? Well, the first thing is not to have a knee-jerk reaction and just try and drop your prices to match. Even if you can afford to, 
Why would you just throw away the profits if you've proven that customers will buy from you at that higher price? Just to match somebody who is completely new to your market. There is a lot to learn about pricing strategies. But as I said at the top of this session, you do not need to reinvent the wheel. Competing on price is one of the oldest strategies there is in business, meaning that there's lots of set and proven strategies that you can follow instead of panicking. If you go to business school, then you'll study modules on pricing strategies. It's something that I was taught when I was doing my marketing degree back in the 90s. So the very first thing to do is learn about how other companies have successfully responded to this situation. In business, you need to make a profit. And as uncomfortable as you might be with that fact, if you don't make a profit, you'll soon not have a business and you'll no longer be able to help us move that vegan course forwards. And if dropping your price means that you then don't make a sustainable profit, then that's just not an option to you. It's also very easy to reduce your price, but then very hard to put it back up again. Every customer will welcome a price reduction. But if you get it wrong and then try to claw that money back, you're going to have a hard time convincing people when you put your prices back up again. There are lots of ways that companies can bring the cost of their products down whilst retaining the same or even better profit margins. In fact, you find that as companies grow, they are able to reduce their prices to become more competitive. They might invest in their manufacturing process so they can make more products at a lower per unit cost. Or they might be able to negotiate better deals with suppliers as they gain more purchasing power. But if you're able to do this, then it doesn't mean that you should just automatically drop your prices. If you have proven that plenty of people will happily buy your product at the price you are currently selling at, then investing in new production facilities or enjoying the benefits of economy of scale, that should be used to give you financial stability first and to put some money in the bank, not so you can just give those profits away. Getting dragged into a race to the bottom on price, it is never a good business strategy. For example, iPhones are now cheaper for Apple to make per unit than ever before. They have seen more and more competitors enter the market at lower and lower prices with very comparable products. Yet Apple's retail price, it continues to go up. Since its launch in 2007, the price of a new iPhone has gone up by 80% as competition has gotten even greater. So if somebody has come into your market as a new competitor and they are undercutting you on price, then what do you do? Well, there are three tried and tested responses based on the circumstances and what position you already hold in the market. And the very first thing you need to do is establish what those circumstances are. Now, you already know how much profits you are making, or at the very least you should. But how about the competitor? 
If you know your markets, then you can probably take a good guess at how much profit they are making just by how much they're selling at compared to how much you know it takes to bring that product to market. But they might have found a better and cheaper way to do what you do. So we need to be certain about that. We need to start snooping about. And now competitor research. It's the art of finding out all the things about your competitors that they don't want you to know. You need to know how many staff they have got. How many mouths do they need to feed in their business? Who their suppliers are? How they make their product? How and why they're coming into market cheaper than you are? Is it a deliberate strategy? Or are they just naive and they're going to go bust in six months' time? You need to know who's involved in the business, where they're getting their funding from. And the easiest way to find out all this information is to simply call them up and ask them. And that might sound like a ridiculous thing to say, but make it your first line of inquiry. Call them up, pretending to be a potential customer, and ask them outright, how come they're coming in so cheap when everybody else in the market is more expensive? Ask them questions about their operation as an interested potential customer. Feign interest in how many people they have working for them. Ask them how long they've been going and encourage them to tell you their story. The amount of times I've spoken to representatives of a company and they've been happy to divulge all the inner workings of their business because they thought they were speaking to someone who was interested in spending money with them. And if you think that calling up a new competitor, pretending to be a potential customer, is unethical, then I guarantee that they have already done it to you. It is the first thing that you do when you research in a marketplace. Why do you think that they're now undercutting you? It isn't just coincidence that all their products are 25% cheaper than yours. The second thing you need to know is what the market's view of your product is compared to your competitor. So, is your offering better quality? And do your customers understand that? Is it going to help those customers solve their problems better? Do you have a brand that customers recognize and trust, whereas the competitor doesn't yet? Do you have that good first mover advantage? Have you built up a defendable position in the market because you were one of the first in it? And again, you should already know all this because you've heard me saying so many times before that you need to make your customers your best friends. And if you have, then you already have a really good idea of where you sit in the market in terms of quality and recognition. But if you don't know, again, get on the phone or on the Zoom calls with your customers and find out. Because once you have all this information, then you're in a position to decide what action you're going to take. And there are three ways to respond to somebody undercutting you. So, scenario one. If your competitor is making lower profits than you on their product and your product is seen as better in the customer's eyes, then do nothing. Simply continue to monitor what that competitor does, but you don't need to respond on price. 
If they're coming in at a lower price by cutting into their profits, then they're going to need a lot more customers than you do to make it worthwhile. But they're going to struggle to win those customers if you're already in an established market position. That first mover advantage is something that you can really leverage to make sure that they just have a really miserable time. So instead of reducing your price, focus on keeping yourself in that position. Focus on customer relationships, interaction, marketing and brand building to continue to make it extremely hard for them to win customers away simply on price. Nobody is ever going to lure away an iPhone customer by trying to sell them a cheap budget phone. The customers that they do win are those where price is the only thing that they're buying on. So don't think of these people as your customers anyway. They're the ones that were always going to leave as soon as they found something cheaper. Scenario two. If you know that the competitor is making a good profit selling at that lower price, then they're likely to be planning to settle in for the long term. It's also the same if a competitor has large cash reserves or can afford to sell at a loss for a period of time because they're backed by a larger company. And you usually see this with big companies entering new marketplaces. They exchange selling at a loss for a long period of time to get that foothold. So if this is the case, but your product is still better or more desirable in the eyes of a customer, then consider making a moderate pricing reduction to make the gap between your two offerings closer, because this makes the customer's decision to try the unknown competition less likely. Now, you don't need to match their price, but reducing your price per unit, that might be a fair exchange for not losing as much market share in the long run. And the third scenario is the one that you need to act quickly on, because this is when the competitor is selling at a lower price, but still making good profit. So maybe through economies of scale, for example, or they've just found innovative and disruptive new ways to bring a product to market cheaper. But at the same time, they've got some other competitive advantage over you. So, for example, their product is just demonstrably better or it's got some benefit over yours other than price. And if this is the case, then the time you have before they start siphoning away your customers is wholly dependent on how quickly they can get their message out there. So either you need to start innovating yourself to bring your cost of sale down. And again, do everything you can to find out how they're doing it. How are they able to deliver such a good product at such a low price? And consider just copying them. Or simply look at the things that make their product better. What's giving them their advantage? And just add them to your own product or service to mitigate that advantage. Just go out and steal their thunder. And this is why large companies often buy up smaller ones that have disrupted them or have found an advantage over them and just add them into their own service. It's why Twitter launched their own group chat function that they called Spaces to counter people who were being lured away by the new functionality of Clubhouse. But again, it's not a time to panic. 
It's simply a wake-up call that somebody has found a better and cheaper way to solve a customer's problem. And you need to use the advantage that you've built up in the marketplace to either copy or counter that. If you've got the recognisable and established brand, but your competitor has got a killer feature that makes their product more attractive, then if you have that killer feature also, they've simply lost any advantage they had. And this is important because if you're listening to this now and you currently have the luxury of not really having any competitors challenging you, then you need to be using this time to cement your position. You can't just sit back on your laurels. You need to use this time to become so entrenched and synonymous with your marketplace that anybody else, they would think several times over before thinking they might launch a business against you. And that barrier to entry, it might not just be the product you sell. It might be your overwhelming knowledge of the industry or that you yourself become such a recognized authority that anybody else would just struggle to even be taken seriously against you. As I said, getting dragged into a race to the bottom, it is never desirable, unless that's your entire business model. You know, pile them high and sell them cheap. But it's no surprise that many companies respond to competition entering their marketplace, not by dropping their prices, but by putting their prices up to differentiate instead. Just like Apple, they knew that others could make a similar product, but others couldn't match their brand. So they repositioned themselves not to compete for customers who are making decisions based on price. But on the flip side, you can also use this knowledge to enter a new marketplace or take on a competitor yourself. And you start to spot how big companies use these strategies themselves all the time. When Disney launched into the home streaming market with their Disney Plus service, they knew that consumers would not see them as being as good as Netflix. So they simply undercut Netflix on price because being Disney, they've got the cash reserves to play the long game. And they've spent that time then working on gaining an advantage over Netflix that would make them more attractive to customers. And that's namely been buying Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic to bring high quality content and value that fans would recognize to that platform. And let me tell you, as soon as Disney's research shows that the customer now values the platform as highly as Netflix, you bet they will put their prices up to match. So can you apply this same knowledge into your own marketplace? Take a look at plant milk. Oatly retains its first mover advantage and it continues to work hard to keep it. You would be a fool to try and out Oatly Oatly. And many have tried, you know, trying to copy the quirkiness of a brand, but most haven't got anywhere near the same results. Those who have stolen some of Oatly's customers are the supermarkets because they've been able to use their economies of scale and buying power to bring out oat milk at a third of the price of Oatly. Now, did Oatly respond by dropping their prices? No, because the supermarkets have only been able to take away the customers who were always going to jump to a cheaper option as soon as they were good enough options. So those people who were never really Oatly customers in the first place. 
But Oatly continues to grow regardless, and mainly down to the work that they did before the others entered the marketplace in cementing their position. And we're seeing a number of people innovating in that market and bringing out things like potato milk, which is seen as a more sustainable option to soya and oats. But all Oatly would have to do is bring out Oatly potato. And that competitive advantage is just gone. But why not just sit back and let the other companies do the hard work of building up the acceptance of drinking potato and pea protein milk first? Okay, so now you're armed with this new knowledge. So let's have a quick roundup on how to respond if a competitor tries to undercut you on price. So number one, when you hit a problem in business, you don't need to reinvent the wheel to solve it. Find others who have had the exact same problem and learn how they overcame it. Two, if you've been in the vegan marketplace for a long time, then you might have had it good and enjoyed little competition up to now. But that never lasts. So use this time to really cement your position as the market leader, even if at the moment you're only in a market of just one. Three, some companies actually raise their prices to differentiate themselves when faced with competition. Now, it's not a strategy that I'd recommend lightly, but if you are the apple of your marketplace, then you might follow a strategy of driving your prices up instead of down if your customers value your product way, way more than just the price they pay. Four, if a competitor undercuts you on price, don't have a knee-jerk reaction and try to cut your price to match. First, find out everything you can about that competitor and how and why they're coming in at such a low price. Are they even making money or are they going to find themselves going bust in six months' time? Be a secret shopper. Call them up pretending to be a potential customer because I guarantee that they've already done this to you. Five, there are three standard responses to being undercut by a competitor, depending on the scenario. First, if your competitor is making low or no profits and customers regard your product as better, then do nothing. Let them burn themselves out because they need far more customers than you do and you've already got the head start. So focus on cementing that position and just really give them a miserable time. Second, if a competitor is making a good profit, selling at a lower price than you, but again, the customer believes that your product is better, then consider making a moderate pricing reduction just to reduce that gap between the two offerings. The competitor will likely be settling in for the long term. So reducing your price per unit, that might be a fair exchange for not losing as much market share in the future. And third, if a competitor is selling at a lower price, but also has some advantage over you, so it's seen as being better in the eyes of a customer, then you need to react very strongly. Find a way to match them on that price or find a way to negate their competitive advantage. Maybe even just by copying them before they even get a foothold and steal their thunder. And finally, point six, you can also use these strategies to go after competitors yourself. 
just being able to make a product cheaper, it will not win customers from an established competitor. So find out what you can do to make your product better at that cheaper price that they can't just easily copy. Disrupt them so that you deliver something that they would struggle to or that they'd find undesirable to do so. Start to actually strategize about how you're going to take a company on. Don't just hope that customers will start using you just because you're cheaper. And that's it. So, as always, if you found this session useful, then do head over to veganbusinesstribe.com where you can find lots more information just like this. And you can even engage with myself, Lisa, and the whole Vegan Business Tribe community. Because being a member of Vegan Business Tribe, it doesn't just give support to your business. It lets us support all vegan businesses and it helps us skill up the vegan business scene. And if you join us, it's your £12.99 a month membership that helps us put out this podcast every single week. It gives you access to all our events, our community, and it also helps us to keep championing the vegan business scene worldwide. All for about the same cost as you would pay a month for a cup of coffee every week from your local coffee shop. So thank you so much for giving up your time to join us. Lisa and I, we really appreciate you giving up your time each week to listen. Hopefully we'll meet you over on the website soon and I'll see you on the next one.